Hello, and welcome back to the Modern Court Reporter podcast, where we discuss all things court reporting. As always, I'm Dan Malgren. And I'm Darlene Williams. In today's episode, Darlene and I are joined by Brian Binkney, aka the Steno Gamer. Brian will share with us his backstory and how he ended up in court reporting school. Brian, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Brian, we're delighted to have you join us today. As some of our listeners may already be aware of your Steno Gamer sessions, I'd like to go back a little bit and help our listeners understand who you are and how you came to court reporting. So let's go back in history and tell our listeners about your background after high school. Okay. Um, so I graduated high school, um, Prescott, Arizona. So um, I'm a native Arizonian. I really hope that's right or someone's going to call me out on it. Um, <laughs> so after high school, um, I joined the Marine Corps, and that's in 1996, and did eight years total. So I got out in 2004. Thank um, you for your service. Th- uh, thank you. Um, and so after after I got out, I was a military policeman in the Marines, and so I I kind of burned out on that a little bit, and so I just kind of jumped around a little bit here and there. I worked for the BLM, um, the Bureau of Land Management, for a while. And I just missed being uh, doing the law enforcement thing. So in 2007, um, I was hired on with the Mojave County Sheriff's Office. That's that's here in Arizona, and um, worked for them for several several years. And then I I transferred over to the Kingman Police Department, which is the city I live in, and uh, did that for a while. And it was uh, my wife and I decided that uh, to move on to something different. Uh, my friend of mine uh, and I was telling Dan before we started recording. Uh, open up a brewery. And so I, I started working with him um, as as it was starting up, um, starting off as the manager of the restaurant that was in there, and then moved up to the sales and marketing. And um, it was a fun job, uh, definitely a young person's game. Um, the late nights, it was fun going to like the, the brew festivals and all that fun stuff. But with a family that, that just got harder and harder to do. And so my wife and I discussed about what to do next. And one day she came home and said, have you ever thought about court reporting? Um, She's a, she's a judge. Uh, She works at the superior court here. So she brought it up to me and uh, we started looking into it. I landed on uh, the college of court reporting, Um, did, did some research on a bunch of different schools and that just seemed like a better fit for me. And I'm fortunate enough to, be involved with what's called the vocational rehabilitation and education program through the veterans administration. And basically what that is in a nutshell, it's, um, as a vet with a disability, they look at it as, okay, you can't do the job anymore that we trained you to do. So we're going to train you to do something else because of the injuries you, you received when you were in the military. And so I went, applied for the program, went through the, uh, the steps and they decided that this was a good program for me. So they uh, they pay for my tuition, they pay me a living allowance, and they pay for my equipment. So um, it's just it's uh, it's a blessing to have that, and I know a lot of people struggle with that, and so I feel like I'm very fortunate to have that with me. Um, so that's pretty much what I've been doing since, and kind of a stay at home dad with COVID with uh, COVID right now, uh, with the three kids. So making sure they're doing their work, and just uh, streaming and and practicing 
That's impressive. I, I totally understand the the bouncing around between different things. I was uh, before I got into to marketing and all this. I was in EMS for uh, quite a few years before I sort of burned out on it and was like, well, I need to start looking around for something else to do. Um, but you've really you've taken it on to to whole other levels of uh, helping other people, and <laughs> it sounds awesome. Um, would you mind uh, sharing with us why you decided to start streaming these practice sessions? Oh, sure, Dan. So I um, got started streaming video games. Um, that's where my equipment came from. Um, I have uh, two brothers and they all play video games. And so this was kind of, and they live out of state. And so this was kind of a way for us to connect and, and talk to each other and kind of do it over the internet um, the best way we know how. And um, so streaming the video games kind of set the precedence for me to streaming my practice sessions. Um, not having a brick and mortar school is is tough for at least for me, and I know a lot of people. It's super tough for them, where you don't have that that uh, feeling of togetherness when you're in a building and you're all doing the same thing together. It makes it hard to find the motivation to practice. And I and I I am easily distracted. So if I'm doing practice and I something pops up on my screen or I have to do something around the house, next you know, three hours later, I'm still doing something different. I'm like, oh man, I totally gapped off my practice. So. I noticed that nobody was doing this. Uh, and and so it, I didn't set out to be like this big thing that all of a sudden it's pouring on me. I just set it out to be like, hey, the people who go to CCNR that are in my speed building class, hey, I'm starting this. If you guys want to join, we can all practice together and, and do our thing. And it kind of just evolved into this, this thing where I started November of last year, November 19. And... Uh, I think two weeks ago is when I went over my uh, 1,000 follower mark um, on Facebook. Wow. So it's awesome that it's evolved into what it is. And it's just barely started. It's just basically to hold me accountable. That's why I started. If I streamed and people were there with me and we kind of got together. So we know at this time we're going to stream together and practice. Um, it, it got me to do the thing that I was neglecting for so long. Wow. Over 1,000 followers on Facebook. That's uh, That's seriously impressive. Uh, perhaps you can share with our listeners the process you use to stream your practice sessions. Uh, sure. Um, to, to keep it, I guess, technically dumbed down, um, it's I have two computers I use. I use a capture card. Um, I, I use a program called Streamlabs, um, which is basically like a OBS, um, an open broadcast software. And that's basically like a small TV studio on my computer. So I can change scenes and do overlays and stuff like that. And once I start to stream, it streams to Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And once in the stream, I use what's called EB360 Ultimate. It's a, uh, a steno software for dictation and stuff like that, that CCR offers not only to its students, but they do offer it as a subscription base for those who aren't students. And one of my instructors uh, always talks about completing the cycle, do the loop. And so what I do is I start off with um, the my readback portion of EV360 Ultimate. And what it is, is a, it's a five-minute take, and the take is broken down into six different sections, and each section has five takes. So that section is the same thing repeated over and over and over again, um, just at different speeds. Um, so, for example, with literary, I'm at 60 words per minute right now. And so it goes 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. So it kind of pushes you. Um, outside of your comfort zone. 
once I go through that, I go into the, um, the, my speed building portion and that's the whole five minute take we just worked on. And I do it as a, as a five minute take. Um, I usually do it, try to do it three different times. One, it starts off real slow, like 10, uh, 10. If I'm, if my baseline is 60, it starts at 50 words per minute. And it just, as you go, it climbs up to 90. And then from there, I try to do control, which starts off low peaks at 90 and then comes back down to 50. So you can kind of get that control and then I do the same speed all the way through. And that's just more um, helping my endurance. Because um, I've noticed a lot when I'm doing my testing and stuff like that. If I can finagle it so I do seven-minute takes. But usually right about that five-minute mark, my, I start to fatigue. So That's important information, Brian. Because the one thing that students don't recognize is that they don't have endurance yet. And while a lot of your practice dictation might go for 10 minutes at a time, um, when you're actually out there working, you have to think much broader than that. And so what you're doing right now is a great mental challenge to prepare you for those longer takes once you start getting into the higher speeds and then actually out, out there working as a reporter. So when I discovered your live stream, Brian, I went directly to your homepage to join the chat and see what things the students were sharing. And it was evident very quickly that your following was sincere in their approach to their own practice. And I found the questions that they posed there very insightful, especially for being at low speed. I remember being part of the chat a few times, but decided it was best for me to just simply stand back and observe. And then you asked if you could share the live stream on our Planet Institute Facebook page and have been doing so ever since. Can you tell our listeners how the experience of live streaming your practice sessions is different for you than before you decided on the streaming approach? I can absolutely do that for you, Darlene. So the, the difference of my practice sessions with live stream versus when I don't live stream it, it's even, even now on my non-stream days, uh, I still find it hard to uh, practice and I, I have this overwhelming urge to just live stream it because I, I find that it is easier for me to have someone there who is, is facing the same struggle that I am as far as you know the speed building. And I have been um, over a year now, I've been in speed building and the jury charge and Q&A are, are, are going just like they're supposed to, um, but literary for me. I'll tell you what, I am still stuck on 60 and it is frustrating. And so the encouragement I get from, from the followers as I'm watching chat, the experience is nice because if, if I'm writing something and I'm streaming it live, there's always somebody in there that will, hey, try this brief, try this, try that. Um, mm -hmm. Someone was trying to explain to me how to do years with the number bar and different combinations, so on, so forth. And I still haven't grasped that concept, but uh, <laughs> it's there. If I wasn't live streaming, I would not know what the uh, was it the Philadelphia shift is, which um, I still hate it, but I still try <laughs> to practice it. And so it's nice that these, you know, we have official court reporters watching, we have high speed students watching, we have people who are still in theory watching, and it's nice that that it all comes together to a point where it's this one forum where everybody can just chit chat and ask questions and they. If I can't answer them, maybe a high-speed student can answer them, or maybe an official who's watching will answer them. And it's amazing. I, I, I always try to have a, um, a spiel going out where it's like, especially I have several theory students that uh, that are watching. I always try to give them the disclaimer of do your theory, get your theory down, because they, we, we share a lot of briefs in there. And for people like me and the other students who are in high-speed who were past theory, and now we're just kind of building speed, 
I, I always tell them like if it's Stinnet, if it's a modified Stinnet, if it's MK or, or, or Phoenix, whatever your theory is, just get that theory down, build on that. You can't be at 40 words per minute in theory building and try to start throwing briefs in there because it's going to just mess you all up. That's right. Now, I, I know I see you posting in uh, our Planet Institute Facebook group uh, whenever you're streaming, but do you have a regularly scheduled time that you go live with it? And is there sort of a typical length to your sessions? Uh, yeah, Dan. So I've, I've had to change it up with COVID and my kids being at home, they're they're on a, a, a weird schedule. So there's one day they're in class and there's one day they're doing their work at home. And so I used to stream kind of earlier in the morning, but I wanted to be with them in order to make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing because one's in middle school. And if you don't watch them, then they're going to do whatever they want. <laughs> um, so I changed it up. Um, I like to stream Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, uh, 1 to 3 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. Um, Arizona doesn't change time, so I have to try to stay consistent. So when time change, it will be mountain time or whatever, it, whatever it changed to. I, I miss doing it in the mornings because I had a lot more people who were e- on the East coast were able to come in and, and kind of watch it. By the time I stream now, it's, it's dinner time. They can't, but I, I try to fit in where I can. Uh, and I do it. I do it three days a week. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll do a pop-up stream on the weekend if I have time or the Tuesday and Thursday that I have off. If I get my homework done and have the time, I'll pop in. But I try to keep it consistent so that people can kind of plan their day around it if they're going to decide to join me and practice. That's good. I think to keeping um, your live streams, well, technically not live once they're on our Planet Institute page, but they can still go back and work on those at any time that they want to. And I try to keep them up there for at least a week and then shift them out so that the new ones are in there and that they have something new to listen to. So how is it that you choose your dictation material? Normally, I use EB360 Ultimate. So that, that's, that's, that's my, I guess, my bread and butter. I, I don't really use anything off the internet and stuff like that. And the reason behind that is it's great dictation material. It automatically increases speed, so on and so forth, a, as we're going along. And when I initially started uh, the stream, uh, I would, and I still do it now, is I put in the title the EB360 lesson number and what um, speeds and so on and so forth so that um, the CCR students who are watching later know what that dictation is so they can kind of follow along and practice. So it's, I, I try to do Monday's jury charge, Wednesday's literary, and then Friday is Q and a, um, I try to do literary on Mondays, but coming off a weekend and starting your Monday off with literary usually sets a bad tone for the rest of the week. So I try not to do that anymore. Yeah. So that's, it's kind of a crapshoot. I, I go in there, I, I pick what I'm doing and I randomly pick a dictation to do. Cool. So how many regular followers do you have actually live in your practice sessions? I know you said you have a thousand Facebook followers, but how many are actually live during your streaming session? And then is there a way for you to know who's using the link after the fact? Normally on the, on the average, and I haven't checked it. uh, Facebook has all the numbers for me. Uh, They, they, that who's watching and how long they watched. And so how many links I have clicked onto my uh, webpage. Um, but on the average, it's, I would say three to four average, and they're usually the same people. Um, but there are times when it goes up to 15 to 20 and they're watching the entire session. Some people kind of click in, like when they see it pop up on Planet Institute's Facebook or, or any other Facebook page I share it to, they'll click in and kind of watch it for a few minutes and then they leave. And, and that's, that's fine for me, you know, but on the average, I would say 
lately has been three to three to five. I would say is probably a good number. Um, of course, when I was doing it in the morning, the numbers were higher because uh, most people are starting their day with me doing it. Right. Well, hopefully after this podcast airs, you'll get that number up significantly. Well, I, I hope so. It's still a surreal thing for me doing this podcast. The College of Court Reporting did an, a nice article about me. And even the um, JCR did an article about me. So it, it's interesting. Even even Christine Phipps, the uh, the president of NCRA, has come in and dropped in a couple of times on, on the uh, on the stream. So that's it was uh, it was pretty interesting. I saw her name pop up, and I, and I it was one of those moments where it was that that name sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. And then I looked it up, and I'm like, oh wow, okay, so that's pretty cool. And she shared it with the board of directors. So it's still surreal the amount of attention. And I'm, I've always been. I've been a people person. I talk a lot. I can talk to anybody from my my law enforcement background, but it's it's still very humbling to uh, to be at where I'm at now. It's awesome because clearly we need um, innovation in our in our community of court reporting, and I think you're you're bringing light to oh a new way for students to be able to have that connection, um, even though they're no longer in a brick and mortar school or maybe they never were, but it gives them that sense of feeling that they are working with, with their peers and um, pushing each other to move through the the practice sessions. I think that's a great way to do it. Um, do you think that your past life experiences have given you an edge either with the live streaming or with this career path itself? So I definitely feel that my, my past life experiences um, are giving me an edge in this, especially the law enforcement aspect of it. I've been in court before, uh, going in there, speaking to judges, speaking to lawyers. Uh, it, it doesn't, that doesn't phase me at all. And, and I've, I've heard everything. Well, I won't say everything, but I've heard enough and seen enough in my time in law enforcement in the military that when somebody on the stand says the thing that everybody else might lose their bearing about, uh, I'll be able to keep a straight face. And that, and that, that's one of the things I know that uh, all my instructors are really harping on is, is it's just, you're there, you know, you're just a fly on the wall taking down what's being said. Um, so on the emotional side, being in a situation, if you're testifying to something that's really, really tragic, uh, I'll be able to keep it together to do that. And I, I'm not afraid, you know, eight years in the Marines, I got out as a Sergeant, I was in law enforcement for the longest time. And I'm not afraid if I'm in court, if I can't hear whoever's testifying or if somebody's talking over each other, I, I have no problem whatsoever telling them how it is and make sure they're slowing down or, or not cover, walking over each other with, with talking and stuff like that. Good for you. Important skills to have. Um, so I know you mentioned a little bit about the cadence of speed that you were working in. Uh, would you mind sharing with our listeners where you are in speed building now? Sure. In literary, my arch nemesis, I am in 60 words per minute. Um, I'm almost, I can't get that five minute pass. And that's where I'm at with there. I'm so close For, as far as uh, jury charge and, and question and answer. Um, I'm on, I'm in 80 still. I'm almost done with that. And CCR, we're in our test rally this week. So the, one of the nice things is, you know, they, they build you up one minute. You have to get, you have to pass it one minute before you go to two minute. So during test rally week, it's no holds barred. You can go right to five minute. And, you know, we have students that. I have heard, I don't know personally, but I have heard that, you know, start off at 60 and as soon as that first test rally hit, it hit 60, 80, and already went, went up, you know, three speeds in a matter of a week. I unfortunately am not that good where it's, uh, it takes me a while to, uh, to learn new, new skills. And, uh, 
I, I, I am a musician. I, I can play the guitar. I don't know how to play the piano. So I understand the chording and stuff like that. And so it's, it's a little more difficult for me. And I always tell people on my stream, as long as I've been doing this, uh, as far as schoolwork and then been in speed building, my speed only reflects, not that it's hard is it's, it's reflecting the effort that I put into it. And that's like, referring back earlier, one of the main reasons I started the stream is to hold myself accountable because there'll be days where I would have like 30 minutes behind the, behind the machine. And so doing this has definitely helped my speed jump up a lot more and, the stream itself with people who show me briefs. So that really, really helped me out. You hang in there because those speeds are going to come faster than you know. And you're probably close to some of those higher speeds and don't even realize it yet because you're still playing it over in your head. But you stick in there because they're going to come. Do you feel challenged by your followers to push yourself and stay engaged in the practice? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I have what I would consider friends now, even though we've never met in real life, but that are on there, they show up every day. And uh, some of them, most of them are at a higher speed than I am. And so when I'm doing my, my, my one minute set or whatever the case is, they're watching, some of them are following along. And if they see something that can help out, um, whether it be a brief or, or a different way to stroke it, so it's not too stroked, um, they'll, they'll pop up and they'll, they'll let me know. They'll let me know if I'm staring at my my rider too long because that's a bad habit I have to break because I, I have a bad tendency to look at my rider. They'll let me know. And they hold me accountable and they will let me know that if I'm being sloppy, if I'm being lazy about something, they're real quick to point that out. It's funny that you mentioned that because as a student, when I was working on those speeds, um, I found myself closing my eyes and I would just tune everything out that way. If I didn't see something, then I didn't hear it other than what I was meant to be listening to. And um, one of my instructors caught on to that and clearly pointed out that you can't be closing your eyes when you're out there working because people are going to think you're not paying attention. And so I understand, you know, the whole philosophy behind being so focused on that one thing, in your case, the writer, um, that you that's how you're tuning everything else out. And those things will come with with time. Um, it, it's still very early. There's still a lot that's very new and happening for you at this phase in the program. And so those little intricacies will come as time goes on. So don't beat yourself up too much about it. But clearly, given everything you've talked about, you have a great support team at home. So what advice would you give to other students who might struggle with having that same type of support? I, I do have some amazing support at home. My wife is amazing. When I started court reporting school, um, we sat down and talked about making time for myself. When I first started courtporting school, I was still working. I actually got a, uh, a job as a substitute teacher at the middle school here in town, and they working with in the behavior support room, which is kids with behavior problems. And they actually made me the dean of students for that that particular class, special ed, and stuff like that. So I was busy, and so at night when I would come home, um, once we put the kids down, my wife knew that you know from this time to this time. I need to go work on my steno. And now that I'm I'm home full time, uh, I have a daily planner. And for the students that don't use those, it is a game changer. And it's not just for school. This is a daily planner for my whole day. And usually on Sundays, uh, my wife and I will sit there and we'll go through the whole week. You know, what's for dinner? What appointments the kids have? Uh, what things I need to do? And what things the family needs to have around? And so in there is when I plug in my 
oh, I have an hour to practice. And then I might have two hours of doing something else. Okay, I have a half hour to practice here. So she is really good and the family is really good knowing that when I come into my office and the door is closed, don't come in. I'm 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 practicing. And except for the four year old, he he just does whatever he wants. And, but it's good. It's good because like you know, they're in there making loud noises or turning the music up. But I used to get annoyed at it, but I've I've learned that it's nice having that distraction because I, I need to know what that is. I need to be able to work through that. Yes. And so any student that's going that it has a family, they need to be able to sit down with their significant other and say on the daily, whether it be, you know, in the morning or at evening from this time to this time, I need that to be my time. I need to be able to be really in depth and take this practice seriously and just focus on this. So I need you to have the kids. I need you to walk the dog. I need you to do whatever the case is. I need you to do that. Without that, I would be a hot mess. And one of the things I, I noticed, you know, I'm 43 years old and I've never noticed this thing at all until I started doing court reporting school is my lack of focus. I couldn't focus. I couldn't focus. And I was actually went to the VA and diagnosed with ADHD. And so I'm like, wow. And so having that clear schedule of things to do, and so I can physically see it. I don't like putting it on my phone. I like having that journal. And I have a white, I keep pointing over here, but I have a whiteboard that my daily schedule goes on. So I see that so I can focus on that so I don't get distracted. And that's regardless if anybody has an attention disorder or they don't, they have to be able to have that focus. They have to be able to look at a daily plan saying, this is what I'm going to knock out today. And they have to follow it because it took me a while with my journal. Like, oh, I wrote it down, but I didn't do it. And so you have, you can, I can write things down all day, but you have to be able to sit there and be able to do it and focus and, and, and make sure that, that that's a priority in your life. It's two years to, for the rest of your life. It's, it's an hour a day. If you can manage that out of the 12, 14 hours that you are awake, you, you have to be able to give yourself that time and you, your significant other needs to be able to give you that time because it's only going to make you better. It's only going to benefit the family. So the one hour sacrifice, the two hour sacrifice a day and, and the return on investment in two years from now, it's going to pay itself tenfold. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And it's just in, incredible the story that you've shared with us about how your family is dealing with this and, and helping you to achieve the goal. And so I want to thank you for taking the time to share your story with us. And I hope that your story will inspire others no matter where they are in life, whether they're in court reporting or not. And I'd also encourage our other students, perhaps those at higher speeds, to also check out your stream and consider sharing your practice sessions with others as well. We need to get you all out there working. So encourage each other, be helpful and happy for others when they pass a milestone and always strive to make each other's practice count. And we'll be adding the links to Seno Gamer in the description of this podcast, so be sure to check them out there. And that's all the time we had for today. Thank you, Brian, for joining us. Keep up the great work out there. And thank you, listeners, for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time on The Modern Court Reporter. Court Reporter.